What is up, everybody? This is Pam again with 2200 Taps. I am joined today by a really good friend of mine, David. And um, before we get started, I just want to share that this podcast, we like to share a lot of stuff and talk about things that people just don't want to talk about. And uh, it's really important, I feel, for our mission to help save lives is to really get down and dirty and talk about the stuff that's really sucky sometimes. And um, But with uh, with hopes that, you know, we can turn it around and share some hope at the end of these podcasts. Uh, that way we're not just stuck in the mud all the time. So uh, if you stick with us, I really hope this podcast touches you and inspires you. And if so, share it with your friends and family. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and get started. So... David, um, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is David Pierce, and I met Pam through a really cool organization called Pathways Core Training. And uh, basically, uh, with the with this training, um, you kind of discover something about yourself. Is that uh, the one thing you have in common with with any other given person is that everyone has a story. Um, everyone has a story to tell. They have uh, a unique experience that they had in life. Um, I had a pretty normal life. Um, I, you know, was a happy kid, had a happy childhood. Um, I, you know, I grew up to, to be a normal guy, I guess you could say. I love football. I love, you know, girls. I love uh, <laughs> all the good stuff. But, um, but, uh, you know what what really made me at the end of the day was a lot of the the crap that I went through in my life yeah. on a daily basis and um so go ahead no no i was just going to say so that, i mean that's a good segue um we talk about the last few guests that i've had on here before we get started they've all gone through pathways core training as well as i have and you guys this is a training that just it's incredible. It helps save lives. It's fantastic. I mean, I just, I wish everybody in the world can just experience this. Um, and uh, believe it or not, a few more, few more of my guests are going to be Pathways graduates as well. And I'm finding out that a lot of these graduates are willing to come forward with their story because they know how much um, people need to hear it. They've been through the ringer. They've been on the edge of, you know, um, taking themselves out they've attempted and they've survived and because of that they're sure they want to share their story to share that there's hope and um david has willingly um come today he drove about an hour or so from from his home to be here which is amazing to share his story and share something that was important on his heart to share with everybody else that not a lot of people get to hear uh, we hear it a lot in the training rooms, but we, uh, without sharing too much of what happens in the rooms, we really want to share something that helps us, um, you know, to be able to have our tools on the outside world and to deal with things that sometimes can get overwhelming. So I'm just let's just get right into it. So David, wh- what exactly is your story? What is it that you want to share today? Okay, and and I'll also I'll start off by saying, um, you know, when you first asked me. Uh, you know, to tell a little bit about myself, I went directly into what I've been through. And I think that's one big change I've seen about myself mm-hmm. is when I meet someone new, when I'm making an acquaintance, when I'm getting to know a coworker, um, my gut instinct is to talk about who I am because of who I was kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's um, a really healthy way I've grown. Uh, into the man I have become, mm-hmm. 
is because I'm I'm not afraid uh, to share where I've been and how I got to where I am. So that's what I really look forward to to discussing today. But but you're right. It started with um, with that story. Um, for me, um, I talked about my childhood. I, I I had a pretty good childhood. I mean, uh, divorced parents, um, but mm. but my family stayed very. Uh, my parents stayed very friendly with each other. Um, there wasn't a lot of bad stuff around that for me as a child. Um, I think I, I really um, have discovered later in life that I've learned a lot of behavior out of that. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of learned behavior and and uh, a lot of my past mirrors where I ended up, um, even though that childhood was very friendly. Like how? Like what, um, what, what did that look like? And something I discovered, and it took me a long time to discover, was uh, I, cause my dad, God rest his soul, like I loved my dad to death like mm-hmm. we were very close a uh, very important person in my life um but the divorce like kind of showed me uh that that was okay that what was okay that 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 getting divorced was okay or or ending a relationship or or that you could life goes on kind of thing got it okay. like i kind of I, I witnessed that process and i said oh well it wasn't so bad for my mom and dad well you know like it's and he went through three marriages. My mother was married four times. Um, so there was a, not a lot of constant for me growing up around that, like family structure. So what did that, um, what did that do to you as a little boy to see your mom go through that, go through four marriages, not having your dad there? So Um, what did that do to you as a little boy? What I witnessed as a boy was, um, and I didn't realize it at the time, mm-hmm. but I've come to to realize that my mom went through a lot of pain and suffering um, emotionally uh, around that. She uh, was uh, dealt with infidelity in all four of her marriages. Um, it, it just didn't go really well for her. And, and, and you saw it. And and I saw it, yeah. and and to me, I just saw my mom being strong and and keeping her chin up and moving on in most cases. Um, but um, the the older I've gotten, I've seen the the demons she kind of had to deal with mm-hmm. around that, um, and the pain it really put her through, and and how lonely she can be now, and um, me being in the mindset I'm in now, that scares me a lot. Yeah, that that I could. I think I let a lot of that get to me where I kind of felt like um, like that could be me, you know? So that was hard. And and, and that'll be, I'll get more into that with my story okay. uh, upcoming. But, but it was difficult for me because I, I really looked up to my parents and I, I only, and I always have only seen the best in them. I never held... Uh, a grudge against them or or I never like it was always filtered for me I never let that bad stuff get through or any bad uh, habits they might have been teaching me or or um, you know whether it's uh, them uh, basically you know showing me what not to do or if there is really such thing as what not to do it was just um, 
very much a filtered process for me where only the love got through for me, only the positive. Um, I never let that weigh me down, but later in life, unfortunately, I did see that stuff um, show up through my actions. Um, so I'll dive right into it. Yeah. Um, my story really starts with um, my marriage, my previous marriage, and my infidelity. And uh, I was with my ex-wife for 13 years. Uh, we were basically high, high school sweethearts. Um, you know, had a good relationship overall. I, it was pretty dynamic. I mean, it was, you know, we had our ups or downs, whatever. Um, but overall, really positive experience. And when I went... Um, Later in life, in my late 20s, I went back to uh, college to pursue my bachelor's degree. And I kind of went through a, a a real, just a life transformation. I was like, you know what? I'm tired of this rut that I'm in at work. I'm tired of this rut I'm in in life. I just want to, I want something more for myself. Mm-hmm. And it was like my first experience at believing in myself in a way um i went out enrolled in school went to tarrant county college uh did my two years there then went to uta to to achieve my bachelor's degree and while i was in school i met another young lady that i started a friendship with and one thing led to another and i started a relationship with her and it got out of control really fast. While you were still married? While I was still married. Okay. I, I I lost control of, like, being grounded mm-hmm. in life, you know? Um, and it, it blew up fast. It wasn't a thing that was, like, hidden for long or anything. It, it I got found out pretty quickly. Uh, and to be honest, I don't even remember all the details in that. But, but like, it, it was found out. Um... Things got really chaotic in my home life, my marriage life, um, and one thing led to another, and next thing you know, I'm divorced. And and marriage was something that I held very sacred. Um, I grew up in a Christian household. Uh, she was very religious, my ex-wife, um, Catholic girl. Just I went to church with her for, you know, 13 years. And, and, and that was like a big bonding thing for us, our, our faith. Mm. And I kind of let all that just, while I was over here working on myself, I was letting my morals go. It was a really confusing time for me. Um, and we, uh, I felt a lot of guilt in that, a lot of guilt. Um, I think guilt was the first, um, emotion if you want to call it that the first thing that I had to face when I did go through the pathways program um that guilt just crippled me was it the guilt over the infidelity yes okay the the, uh, the guilt of it's like I was afraid to admit it but the guilt of following in my dad's footsteps like the bad part of my dad that I didn't want to let filter so becoming through. your dad yeah and and like like i that's why i kept emphasizing like i i held my dad on a pedestal and and only let the good things filter through 
but it's like that was my deep dark was that what I didn't want to be kind of out in the corner and I I I became that and uh, I remember having to tell my mom and how guilty that made me feel because I knew what she had been through and I knew you know I I can relate that to my my ex-wife too Uh, just seeing the disappointment on my mom's face crushed me and um i just emotionally i i swept all of that under the rug at that time i i completely went on with life with the other woman uh moved in with her well she we moved in together um started a life for three years we were together um we lived you know very normal everyday life we were we were happy she was my you know probably my best friend at that time and um we were very important to each other but I could say for sure that we were never um I was never in love with her it was just a in the end I guess where I'm trying to go with that is in the end I realized that that was just a big band-aid that I was putting over the the situation. So for me, um, like I, I woke up one day and I just knew, I knew I was a fraud. I knew the relationship was a fraud. I knew that it was never going to go anywhere. She had started talking about marriage and kids and, and I knew I was taking advantage of her and wasting her time. And I had to sit her down, and I told her that as bluntly and openly as I could. Like, this is not fair to you. I'm I'm not the man you're going to be with. Like, it can't be that way because it, it would just be, uh, like, completely false. And I broke her heart. So there, you know, let's fucking pile some more guilt on the was that after the training or before the training still that you, this you is broke it off before the training this is oh, so this is, still uh, this is years ago yes okay so um i i lived with that too and again i try to compartmentalize it push it to the side sweep it under the rug however you want to put it and move on with my life mm-hmm. um and all this time, like, my carpet's getting pretty full under there. Mm. And um, pretty soon that, that guilt started really taking a grip of my daily uh, choices I would make, the way I was living my life. Um, when that happened, I started seeking women that were bad for me. I started, I started seeking out for toxicity. Um, I really, it's like if, if I could get hurt, the more the better. Do you feel like that was a way you were, um, what do you call it? A way that you were kind of punishing yourself? Yes. Without a doubt. It was me like trying to actively punish myself. So I got, um, I got in a, uh, you know, immediately got in a really bad relationship um, that wasn't even a relationship. That's a joke to even say. Um, I let myself be used by someone who was involved with uh, two or three other guys already. Um, someone who took 
like a really bad financial uh advantage of me mm-hmm. um she uh just i mean if there was a way i could be used she used me it, it was really sad and really okay pathetic um I'm totally fine with it. at the time i would literally lay in bed at night and say you fucking deserve this david you deserve every bit of this this isn't even enough for you to go through like just stick with it because you you deserve this and i was punishing myself like there's no other way to put it i can't imagine how much hate you had for yourself in those moments um it was like the pit of despair and i just uh we talk about tapes and pathways you know things that play in the back of your mind that you tell yourself (laughs) kind of lies that you that you tell yourself um you know without without your own permission and man the tapes that were playing for me were you know fucking loser you, that's what you deserve you know uh just i mean they nothing but dark shit see and that that blows my mind because i know you af- i was actually in your training um, so I got to see a different side of you than, than when you first walked in the rooms, very mm-hmm. raw. Um, I had already seen a side of you where you were putting in the, the, that hard work and I saw a side of you where you loved yourself and till this very day. And I've known you over a year. That's the only side I've ever seen of you. Yeah. And I see an authentic man and it just, like I said, it blows my mind to think that you were in that bad of a headspace because I could never see you treating yourself that way yeah i could never see it but um well let me ask you this is that what ultimately led you going into the training uh it's actually not it it got worse for me okay okay (laughs) all right well let's let's keep digging all right so uh basically and i could talk about that relationship for hours you know but but basically in a nutshell that relationship (laughs) was just that was me being used mm-hmm. and me just continuing to allow it. No mm-hmm. matter what family said, no matter what friends said, no matter what I told myself, even in my moments of clarity, like I just kept getting hit. I just kept rolling you with the punches. Yeah. So um, let's fast forward a little bit. I uh, She took like advantage of me really bad. Uh, financially speaking, um, put me in a lot of debt with credit cards, a lot of debt outside of my credit cards. We're talking like tens of thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. Um, she, uh, put me in situations, uh, to try to get me in altercations with her ex. And it was like, I, very toxic. Yes. Extremely toxic. And I, I, like I said, I won't go into all the detail, but I ended up getting a knife pulled on me in a bar by her ex. It was just... so oh, lovely. It got to the point where I had a wake-up call around that relationship, around that woman. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like it got so bad for me that I, I just had a self, like a gut check, like, you can't continue fucking doing this. You need this. to come to Jesus moment, huh? Yes. So... I just literally stepped away completely. I stepped away. Um, I got in a little bit better headspace. 
Um, I started, or I thought, let's let's just say, I thought <laughs> I got in a little look. better headspace. <laughs> so I started, um, at that time, I started smoking more, drinking more. I started... Um, smoking what? Well, like, just cigarettes. Or just cigarettes? Yeah, just, okay. I mean, like... I didn't just, know if you started going down that path. No, of... like, never got into drugs, but, but I started drinking more. Okay. I started... Um, uh, like going out, like kind of where I should have got been getting my act together with the rest of my life, my personal life, my professional life, whatever. Mm-hmm. I just started like dealing with things in a different way. Started spiraling. That felt less dark to me, but yeah, it was leading me to a spiral. That was a really good way to put it. So I ended up, um, man, just like talking to a different girl every week, like drinking, going out out at the bars all the time. When mm-hmm. you start knowing the bartenders' names and and the people there, <laughs> and and they start knowing you, start making a drink after you, and, and yeah, it's just like <laughs> it's a really weird feeling when I've never been that guy before. Yeah, and um, I kind of uh, floated through that space for a while, and I ended up meeting a girl. Uh, through my cousins, through some family, you know, family and friends. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a good thing because it was like she was in that mindset. Hey, let's just have fun. Let's do our thing. Let's, you know, life can be okay. We're just over here partying, you know. And to me, that was better than being in my depressed, uh, laying in bed. Right. Beating myself over the head. So... I chose that, let's go drink, let's go have fun, let's go live it up, um, life with her, and we ended up uh, being in a relationship for a couple years, a little over a year, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Um, We moved in together, that was who I was with when I went through the training. Okay. Um, So I had gotten to a place where I thought I was getting better because life felt more stable. Life felt more normal Mm -hmm. for me. I had a home. I had, like, someone. But she was being unfaithful to me, which the... It's interesting. Which I had finally gotten over that with punishing myself. But here we were back again when I was confronted with the fact that... You're on the flip side of it. Yeah. Well, and, and... it, I did not like that at all. And, and, and that's when a lot of anger stuff started coming up for me. Okay. Where I think all that shit I had swept under the rug kind of finally started to started coming boil out. over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it just got worse and worse and worse. This was just as toxic as the last one. So what, um, did, what did that anger look like? I'm curious. For me, the mm-hmm. anger, and now we're getting back into... Uh, my my path into the training into pathways okay um i'll give you a very specific example of what that anger looked like um we had a get together at our house one night um several people we had gone bar hopping and ended up back at our place and some friends of friends ended up at the house it was like three in the morning and uh I had uh, had gotten uh, really like jealous over uh, 
a friendship that she had with someone else, with one of her exes, mm-hmm. who happened to be in our little circle of people we hung out with. And um, there was a moment when I got really pissed at him inside the house, walked outside the house into the garage, and there was a friend of a friend there. I said, basically I said, everyone get the fuck out of the house. Um, everyone left or started to leave um, except for this one guy that I didn't know. And he gave me some attitude, talked back to me basically, like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? Whatever, you know. I said, get the hell out. He got an attitude with me, so I basically, well, I punched him in the face. I broke his face basically because I, like, unloaded everything. You just beat the shit out of him? Yeah. And sent the guy to the hospital. I just unloaded everything. All the rage and the anger and the pain and the guilt and the crap that I've been through, I took out on this guy that I didn't even know. And um, the the sad part of it, I wasn't even mad at him. I was mad at the other guy. You know, like it was just, it was, I had no control. It was just a complete spiral in my life. And that was the moment for me when I was getting arrested for the first time in my life. I was going to jail. I was in jail for three days. Um, I had two no-call no-shows at the city. They pressed charges on you? That I worked at. Uh, yeah, he pressed charges on me. He called the cops. Um, they uh, Basically, I had worked at my job for 14 years, and I lost my job. I was on probation for an anger outburst I had in my office. Oh, jeez. Uh, about a month before that was, you know, this is when the spiral was in full, full swing. Yeah. Um, so when I had the no call, no shows, I was on probation for something already and they let me go. So now we're talking about, um, I'm facing a, uh, you know, an assault charge, a felony charge. Mm -hmm. Um, we're talking about 14 years working towards a retirement 14 years with the company growing gone. from the ground up gone um your relationship my relationship just realized like having a revelation about where what my relationship really is and it was in that moment basically the aftermath of that that i approached my who ended up being my sponsor uh she had mentioned in passing about pathways a few times to me since my father had died mm-hmm. um and I didn't even get into that, but that kind of happened right in the middle of the spiral. So that really... So you had a lot of loss. Yes. Including your dad. Yes. So there... Yeah. I mean, shit, who wouldn't blow up? <laughs> who wouldn't go sideways, yeah. you know? Yeah. When you're just self-medicating with booze and women. And, Absolutely. You know? Um, and and even the people that, that want to help you, want to talk yeah. things through or, or just give you a little advice or whatever... Like just being an absolute brick wall to that because I got this. I, I understand that because I too was fired once for workplace violence. <laughs> nice. I was still in the Coast Guard too, but it wasn't the Coast Guard. It was uh, when I joined the reserves, I, I, I got a civilian job and there's some harassment there. And I punched a toolbox and got fired for workplace violence, which we just, that's not, you know, it's not what this is about. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I can relate when it comes to beating the shit out of something that didn't deserve it <laughs> even though it wasn't a person yes 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 um and losing your job over it um so 
first of all, thank you for sharing all that because no that's, um, you guys can't see it. And I really wish y'all could see their faces when they're telling the story because I saw it in your eyes. I saw you tearing up. Um, it's in deep breaths. It's, it's, it's hard. Even till this day, even with the training, it's so hard to say certain things. Yeah. You know? Um, but real quick. So how did you, how did you overcome all of that or most of it or overcoming it? And how did you do it? Um, for me, it was, um, all the things that we do in the training aside, um, what it boils down to for me was I realized what was missing. It wasn't something I needed to do per se. It was something that I was missing in my life. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was, um, uh, a very big moment I had for me, um, outside of the training classrooms. What was was missing? And it was, um, realizing that I was, I had lost my faith along the way. So from your faith in your higher power. Yes, absolutely. So for me, um, that was the key to me letting go and moving on. That's big. It was huge for me. <coughs> um, because in a lot of ways, because part of my guilt from my previous marriage, from, you know, uh, a lot of that was, I felt like a failure to God, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was just allowing that grace back into my life. Um, Man, just accepting that was huge for me. So in those moments, uh, we're actually going to take a break here in a second. But in those moments when you feel yourself, or do you even get to that point where you feel like you're about to explode? Um, If you do, how do you acknowledge it? How do you work through it? Or if you don't get to that point anymore, what are you doing differently? Okay. You know? Um, definitely because I've removed a lot of that, well, a lot of that, all of that toxicity from my life. Mm -hmm. Um, first of all, that makes all the difference right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really does. Um, I removed the toxicity, uh, which, you know, when you, when you get rid of toxic situations and, and I found a, a new relationship since a new woman in my life, um, I have like all the good things going on right now (laughs) when it comes to, to love and and to my relationship. Um, so when you replace that toxicity with, with these good things in your life, um, that the things I dealt with before, like the anger and stuff there, there, that emotion, there's no need for it anymore. It's, it has no place in my life. Um, there are times a lot of my stuff that I still deal with that we'll get into a little bit more um, mm-hmm. still revolves around the, the trust issues, uh, that guilt, some of that guilt. I still I know I still cling on to a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, when when I have those moments where, oh, hey, things aren't adding up here, like one little details off or, you know, uh, oh, she's taking too long to get back with me and I, those tapes will pop in and start playing in the back of my head saying, you know, high alert, something's wrong. You know, uh, you're getting screwed over again, whatever. Um, 
in those moments, I've I've really going back to my faith. I've taken a moment and just kind of meditation, prayer, just for a second, just go to a good place, and that's helped a lot. Um, a lot of those moments are they they come and go like that. You know, it's a split second thing, whatever you know, and I chew it on and and I don't let it take root. But when it does, I go to prayer. I've learned to um, face them immediately. Like if something triggers me, I'm just going to let's have a conversation about it. I like I'm going to stop you right there because I Mm -hmm. like what you just said. You're going to face them immediately. That that is so powerful. That's a powerful statement. And it's so simple Mm -hmm. because a lot of us, we just turn a blind eye to it. Yeah. Or, Or. under the rug, or like sweep I said it before. under the rug. Yeah. But if you can nip it in the butt, mm-hmm. right when it happens, or shortly after, with with yourself or with someone else, it almost feels as though it's, like you said, just you deal with it and you move on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad you said that because I think people need to hear that. So that's been a, a really empowering tool in my arsenal now, is the ability to to look my problems in the eye and step up and face them. And it makes a big difference because it's not necessarily even a problem. It's not necessarily a big thing, but Mm -hmm. it was enough to trigger something within me. Mm -hmm. So let's have a conversation about it. But to your point, it can turn into a big thing. And it can. Yeah. Like like you said, it it was all these little things that you swept under the rug that made you beat the shit out of this guy that just so happened to, Mm hmm dummy jack you in a sense and for the for no two three years before that just really beat the shit on myself internally yeah yeah but, yeah be, but because you allowed it to get so big you lost everything yes absolutely you lost everything and and to look back in hindsight knowing that that was all part of the plan that had to play out for me <laughs> to get to, to where i was going you know um yeah like it didn't feel like it then i'm sure but it didn't it didn't at the time it was it was it was pretty scary stuff, but but yeah, that's that's a big thing I can do now is is face it, deal with it, and move on. I like that. I like that. All right, guys. Well, I think we need a little break after that one because I'm like <laughs> I'm feeling it myself. Um, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about something pretty special and uh, something that David really wants to talk about that's on his heart and. Uh, yeah, so you guys stay tuned and we will be back. Welcome back, everybody. This is Pam again with 2200 Taps. Uh, please excuse my voice. I'm getting over pneumonia. Um, I don't sound like a teenage for, like boy anymore. Like <laughs> there for a hot minute, I sounded like a nice. like Peter Brady. Um, but we're good. So, kind of circling back around, I've got David here with us on our podcast, and he has um, again another. A friend of mine who's willing to share his story, and he really wanted to bring something special to the table about something that's been working for him with hopes that we can share it with everybody else. And um, 
kind of give away a little nugget that we learned in the training without giving away the training. But real quick, um, let me see here. We talked about his story, how he overcame it. So my next question to you is basically what 2200 Taps is all about is healing through music. You know, my, my personal mission is to help save lives. Um, I've got, I've got the bug and, um, I really want to share with the listeners, you know, how music is healing. Okay. And my question to you is, has music been healing to you? And if so, how? Okay. So, um, the first thing that came into my heart when, when you brought that up, uh, was there is a particular song that has had a huge impact on me during my training. Um, and it literally ties directly into what I want to discuss today. Um, what song is that? So the song is, uh, if I can dream by Elvis Presley. It's a great song. It's a really good song. So, um, this song has a, a particular lyric in it that, really positively affected me and it is uh but as long as a man has the strength to dream he can redeem his soul and fly and that is a lyric that like really just hit me right in the gut and when i heard the song for the first time um I honestly thought to myself, man, this song really blows. <laughs> <laughs> I had never heard it before. It was a really slow, drawn-out song. Like, But the more you listen to it, the more you feel the passion in that lyric. Do you know the story behind it? Yes. I've actually read up a little bit on the story behind it. Um, Which, if you want to share, that's you want awesome. To share it real yeah. quick? So, the story behind it, this song was written during the Civil Rights Movement. And right around the time of Martin Luther King, Robert F. Kennedy assassinations. And the guy that wrote it pitched it to Elvis Presley to sing it. And Elvis was so moved by not just the words, but the whole movement and the assassinations. He was so affected by it. Um, when they were in the studio recording it with, with everybody, all the backups and everything, uh, it was very emotional. It was a very emotional time. And everybody, from what I read, everybody left with the exception of Elvis Presley and the guy in the, in the control booth. And Elvis wanted to re-record the vocals. So story goes that he turned all the lights off in, in the room, started singing the song, and he ended up in, on the floor and in the fetal position crying while he was singing the song. Came back to the control booth heard it like 14 or 15 different times with the engineer and he's like that's the take so what we hear is him actually breaking down and crying in that song and it's so moving i get goosebumps just yes, talking about it absolutely. and hearing it and watching people just embrace that song and it that is what we're talking about absolutely P putting music to your story elevating your sound and being able to affect people the way his lyrics have, have or the song has affected you. Anyhow, I just thought it was a cool story. And Absolutely, and I'm glad you shared that. Very passionate. It is a really cool uh, thing. But um, 
going back to that lyric, I mean, the lyrics are powerful, but just just reading into that lyric, but as long as a man has a strength to dream, he can redeem his soul and fly. And going back to what we talked about earlier, um, the thing I found that was missing in my life was my faith. Mm-hmm. And it was like I had given up on the dream that I could have a normal life, that I could be happy, that I could be loved. And it wasn't until I allowed myself to dream again that that I landed in a place where I could find my faith, have that impactful moment in my life, um, have a, a truly Holy Spirit come to Jesus moment <laughs> and and be ignited with this this passion to be better. And that's really what I, I had talked about. Pam um, having the discussion about was was how that ignited uh, a desire within myself to to promote change within my my life and positive change, like truly positive change. Mm-hmm. And I've I've discovered a lot of tools um, through the Pathways program, uh, a lot of tools um, with with books I've read, podcasts I've listened to, um, a lot of really good f- input and feedback about that, t- that very topic. So, um, I just really like to talk about, you know, um, what it is to set a goal to promote change within your life. Mm-hmm. And where it all starts for me is, uh, like basically all change starts with a goal, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you set a goal, you, you, you put, write that down and it becomes a plan. Isn't that the thing you, you, a dream written down with a date becomes a goal, a goal broken down into steps because becomes a plan and a plan backed by action becomes a reality. That seems really simple, right? That's awesome. So when you read that, and you're like, oh, that's three steps. That's that should be pretty simple. <laughs> well, there's a lot that goes into that, but but the fact is, it literally is that simple. You have to put in the hard work, and you mm-hmm. have to play hard. But it is that simple if you really set your mind to it. So for me, that that being said, um, from what I've gathered is I, I made two notes. Um, first of all, a goal is a head thing. I think a goal is a head thing. That's you really have to think about it. You have to think about how you can put that into in, into motion. How you can set that into you know a plan, and then like we talked about, uh, put that into action. Mm-hmm. So uh, a goal is a head thing, and and it's it's your head wrapping around a change. That's how I think about it. A goal is your head wrapping around a change, um, where a dream is your heart's desire for that change. So the dream is at the heart level, I think, which is the deepest level where you really have to dig Mm -hmm. and and you have to find that, that desire for change at that gut level, that heart level before your head can even attempt to wrap around it. It's like making a plan. What do you, what do you want at the heart? Like, what is your passion? What do you want to do with this one life? Mm-hmm. And then you got you got to get your head involved on your steps and your action steps and how that's going to look. Yeah. But you know? but to get to your vision, yeah, that comes from the heart level and that's your dream. You know that's yeah. how that's how I kind of 
I like that. Picture it in my head. So, um, again, three steps. A dream written down with a date becomes a goal. A goal broken down into steps becomes a plan. A plan backed by action becomes a reality. By action. Yes, by action. That's the hard part, people. Mm So um, some people don't like change. <laughs> exactly. So we, right before the break, you had asked me about um, kind of some of the, th- the ways that I, some of the tools I use to to keep myself from going to that angry place yes. or whatever. You know, some mm-hmm. of the action items mm-hmm. for for how I deal with uh, with the changes I've made, and um, for me, it's not um, so much of a of a uh making the change. I'm very willing to make changes in my life. I'm I'm very actively seeking ways to make changes in my life and better my way, better my my myself and uh my relationship with God, my relationship with my fiance. Um I'm actively seeking that change and that means I'm actively dream actively dreaming about how I can be better, bigger, you know, um, uh, how I can change other people's lives. That's why, even though I was scared to do so, I accepted your challenge to come on here, you know? I'm so glad you did. Because it, it was pushing me to be, to, to do different, to, to think, you know, to, to do an action that's way outside of my box. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd gladly left my comfort zone in order to grow. Even since we started, I was kind of a nervous wreck <laughs> when we started, and I felt like I was mumbling and bumbling. And now I just—it's all right. <laughs> and now I just feel like very at ease and very yeah. like myself now. So good. So, man, I love growing outside of my box. So one thing I'm doing um, is uh, taking little steps, little daily things you can do, and and we talk about. Um, before I get into that, we talk about um, like if you're going to make change, you want to set yourself up for success, right? Mm-hmm. That's the key. Don't set yourself up. Don't, you know, it, it sounds bad or wrong to say it, but don't dream too big at first. Dream big, but remember that that plan, you control that big dream with your plan. So break it down into attainable steps. Don't don't necessarily shoot for the moon right off the bat. Like, get to the atmosphere first, right? And then from the atmosphere, get to this this you know <laughs> the space in between, and then. Well, don't you gotta like become an astronaut first or something like that? <laughs> but but like you have to. Um, so the the first thing that popped into my mind was something we we learned in business school. Um, Ooh, I love business. What, <laughs> tell me, what'd you learn? It's it's the SMART method. So mm-hmm. it's. It's an acronym for uh, for your goals. for setting your goals. The key to succeeding is, uh, you know, it stems directly from your goals uh, that you set and you're aiming to set yourself up for success. So you want your goals to be smart goals. You want them to be specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. Those sound oddly familiar. Yes. Oddly. I think we say specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound, but it's still the same thing. So um, that is just 
something to think about if you want to set yourself up for that successful plan. Mm-hmm. You you want to be uh, smart very, about it. Yes, you want to be smart about <laughs> be it. That's smart a really easy it. way to think about it. But the specific thing, like attack one specific thing at a time. Um, so if I wanted to be a professional race car driver, enlighten me, would you? <laughs> okay. Enlighten me. We will we will try so to work through let's this. Let's go through the smart scenario. goal just so we can okay. help people understand. I want to be a professional race car driver. How do I get there? So the way the thing my brain goes to first is you probably want to start on a smaller scale. So my first step would probably be I'm going to buy a car that I can race. Even if it's just like So don't get a Prius. At the drag strip or whatever, <laughs> right? So okay. I'm going to start making goals to not to get a car it may be like or not to start racing yet but how am i going to set it save up money to get this car or to afford this car okay so you really have to what do we talk about all the time it's a pathways thing it's we talked about it in a business school too um eating the elephant how do you eat the elephant oh one big ass bite at a time (laughs) (laughs) but it's always going to be one bite bite at a time you know so like you have to break that process down. How am I going to realistically save up this money to get my car? All right. So I saved up the money. I got the car. Okay. Now we're going to f- figure out how to get registered. So measurable. Or, yeah. How do I do that? So measurable would be like, um, you have to set yourself, um, for this scenario, help me out with this one. So measurable would be mm-hmm. like, uh, I want to save up. I'm buying a car. Mm-hmm. I want to save up this much money. X amount of months. Yeah, and and, and that's that ties into your time bound. But I want to mm-hmm. save this much money. Mm-hmm. Like this is my measurable amount. This is what I'm aiming for. Got it. Yep. In this much time, you want to set yourself up uh, a a certain amount of days or a calendar or you know a calendar month or whatever it is that this is a. F- a f- finite time frame I've set for myself to make this happen because that gives you um, that puts pressure on you yeah it puts accountability on you like how you can measure measure up to oh sh- shit how much have I got <laughs> you know I'm three weeks in so much and, for the and, drive through yeah 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 so you <laughs> you you set yourself up uh, with these parameters um, yep is it achievable like can you, you know, you don't want to save up for a Ferrari if 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 that's not achievable, but can you buy a Corvette, you know, like that that's what we're talking about with achievable. You want to do something that you can 100% believe in yourself and accomplish. And sometimes that that's where the one bite at a time really comes in. And is it realistic or relevant? Yeah, exactly. Uh so the uh being realistic like that's where your um your true like that's where the pressure comes in you know i've said i can do this i know i can do this these people over here they're helping me try to accomplish this goal they believe in me too like we know i can do this like i have to follow it's a this realistic to the realistic goal yes exactly and then time bound of course is can I do it within a lot of amount of time? Mm-hmm. 
you 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 set a, a target date, if you will. Can you meet the target date with everything that you've just set yourself up for? So I'm not going to be a professional race car driver just yet, but I'm off to a pretty damn good start to making this happen. Yeah. Because I need a car, at least one with a turbo. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. And next thing like you know, that. you're you're at the drag strip, mm-hmm. like running, and you like know, Ricky Bobby. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then you're you get into the, the the local racing somehow or whatever and and one step at a time and it all started with the plan yeah putting something pen to paper and really like setting stuff up to to truly cool. accomplish what you're after well thank you for enlightening me i just <laughs> i felt like breaking it down for some of some of our listeners i feel like i it was can be a little confusing <laughs> yes um, i feel like i did a terrible job explaining the smart method but it's one of those things job. that's kind of self-explanatory, you know, well, for, for and some. it's simplified, like, for a reason, but... But, I mean, I may have, like, a 15-year-old listening, and he may be like, man, I'm going to get me a Porsche, <laughs> you know? That's where... I get $20 yeah. a week mowing grass, but I'm going to go get me a Porsche. Yeah. Can he do it with a smart method? Actually, he could if he wanted to, if he planned it correctly, and I think by just enlightening me right there... Yeah. And breaking it down, he'll find a way to do it, uh-huh. or she'll find a way to do it. Yeah. Um, if if you stick to your plan, and your your plan is like we said, relevant and achievable. Mm-hmm. The sky's the limit, you know. And this will help the that negative self talk of I'm not good enough. Absolutely, because you see, like, there's a formula for success right there mm-hmm. when you write it out. So. Um, Another thing we talked about, this is a Pathways thing, and it's um, another acronym that they, that comes out of the Pathways training uh, of, it's DO IT, D-O-W-I-T. Remember what it stands for? Yeah, it stands for Do Only What It Takes. So again, um, you only have to do what it takes to succeed. You don't have to do a single step beyond that. Do only what it takes. Keep it simple. Keep it easy. Keep it obtainable. Um, st- stick within your plan and, and eat that freaking elephant. I got so sick of hearing about that <laughs> elephant. Eat that elephant one bite at a time. It's like if this really works, why are we still eating them? <laughs> like, damn it. <laughs> so, so tying it back in, um, like dream big, yeah. dream bl- dream big, plan well. Take one small step at a time to complete your journey. And that can be, uh, we talk a lot about um, another, again, another Pathways tie-in mm-hmm. is uh, you can kind of view your life in three different segments or however you want to say that. But you life is made up of like your personal life, your professional life, your spiritual life. Now, just to clarify real quick, spiritual does not connotate um religion it does not by any means it doesn't reflect any bit of religion but what it does reflect is kind of what laurie says in graduation what you see is what you get yeah um and spirituality could be anything that you want it to be anything you want it to be yeah Um, for me it's um a big part of my spirituality is is what i what I show the rest of the world, like who I am, mm-hmm. you know, like I, uh, I am when I went into my training, I remember thinking I want to be this vision I had of what a real man would look like. 
And that was a big thing with me. I remember talking about that during the training. And it's funny when one day you wake up and you're like, shit, I am that man. <laughs> you know, like, I I made it. I am. And, and it's not a perfect thing. It's not. A, you have to lose all that kind of thinking. It's not a, a, a perfect vision or a perfect person. It's just I am living me i am doing me i am my spirituality i'm like bursting at the seams with this you know <laughs> because i'm living me to the best that i know how Without and a i'm constantly yes no masks i'm constantly trying to grow and be better and be and like affect people and touch people and 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 make this world a better place and that's where my spirituality really ties in um for me and that grows everything else in my opinion it, it that positively affects your personal side of your life um you know your the relationships you have with your friends your family your your loved ones your um your your who you are at work how you do your work how you um set goals within those perimeters mm-hmm. um and it it all ties together one way or another those three personal professional spiritual i feel like they always connect to each other of course so um so we know that we talked about you know a dream becoming a uh, a goal becoming a plan and then turning that into action and then using the smart method is just a really um, practical way to make that a reality and then remembering, do it. Do only what it takes. Um, you know, if you're trying to better yourself, don't don't try to take on so much that you're setting yourself up for failure. I mean, I, I can't say that enough. Like, you want to set yourself up for success. <coughs> if you take little baby steps at a time and it takes you for freaking ever to accomplish that goal, like stay it keep at it keep doing those baby steps because they add up you know it's funny and i don't know why this is coming to me right now when i see parents you know just taking so much on we end up teaching our kids to do the same thing and then we wonder why they get burned out or why they're doing certain things and if we just take that step back and try to see what we're doing that may be getting in our way or why we're just exhausted, or why we're, you know, we don't have any energy. Um, I see that a lot with people, some people, um, some very close people in my life, they just work, 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 work. And I love their drive. Um, My hope is that they can just give themselves a little grace and a little break um, sometimes. Absolutely. Because they're just as deserving as anyone else to just relax and enjoy the moments you know um i don't know where i was going with that other than that but just <laughs> it was on your heart it it's was all just good. on my heart so anyhow go ahead um okay so like a lot of change ties into uh and i don't even know exactly how to put this eloquently into words <laughs> but to make positive changes in your life mm-hmm. you have to make positive habits in your life uh, I think that's really important um, and I, you know there's a 
there's a lot of factors that that tie into any given negative situation that's going on in your life or negative uh outlook or negative actions you're taking you know like I we talked about my downward spiral there's a million things that went into that and I had created a lot of really bad ha- habits in that whether it was drinking too much or it was uh going to places that were toxic mm. hanging with people that were that were toxic whatever it is um I had formed a lot of bad habits in my life so uh one thing I I always to keep in mind about a bad habit is every bad habit has two things that it contributes to your life. Uh, there's negative consequences and there's a feel good payoff. Mm-hmm. So feel good payoffs. I don't know about you, Pam. Um, feel good payoffs were tough for me to even comprehend what the hell that meant. Uh, it was for me. Cause I didn't know why well, I couldn't feel anything to be yeah. honest with you. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I'm so numbed out. I don't, I don't know what feeling good even feels like. So, yeah. So, so like if you have a bad habit and I came up with a few like really simple examples, um, eating unhealthy Mm, mm -hmm. is a bad habit, right? Staying in a toxic relationship. I can talk a little bit about that. Uh, smoking cigarettes, you know, these are things that are bad habits in your life. Um, and they have negative consequences, uh, if you eat unhealthy, you know, it. your arteries are going to get clogged up. <laughs> it's not going to be good. You know, like there's... The face you just made. <laughs> um, staying in a toxic relationship. Obviously, you're not allowing yourself to grow or heal or you're, you're, you're staying in that rut. You know, yeah. it's, it has a negative consequence. Smoking cigarettes is obviously bad for your health. I smoked for years. Finally quit. But <laughs> sound like I've been smoking for years. <laughs> it's just, <coughs> excuse me. You know it's a bad habit, and it has those negative consequences on your life. Mm-hmm. But it also gives you a feel good payoff, mm-hmm. which is a like I, I call it an unhealthy payoff in the moment. It's it's not a really a positive thing, even though it's called a payoff. That's the thing that really confused me <laughs> when I first heard about mm-hmm. that. But so like. Eating unhealthy, you know what? My arteries are going to get clogged, but a burger's fucking good, you yeah. know? Well, that's your feel-good payoff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It that's good. That's a good example. So staying in a toxic relationship, you know, maybe I'm dealing with all these negative consequences, but... But you're, the, the feel-good payoff for that is you, you don't have to... You don't... You, you avoid conflict. Yeah. So you or, don't have to worry about it. My thing was, at least I'm not alone. Yep, that's a big I one. I have something. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's sad, but that was my payoff. How how pathetic is that, but, you know? But the long-term consequence is what? Yes, you know? smoking cigarettes. I mean, shit, it lets you de-stress for a minute. It's it lets cool, you just, bro. yeah, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I can, I smoked for years. You, you smoke a cigarette after, you know, you're stressed out. You just go smoke a cigarette and you just, it relaxes. Dude, you. I used to smoke. Oh, yeah. It's just, I mean, <laughs> it has a feel-good payoff. Yeah. It's not a really good payoff for you. It's just you harming your body more in the moment. But it's a feel-good payoff. So hopefully that makes sense to everybody. So just remember, every bad habit has a negative consequence and a feel-good payoff. So it's really when you start looking at your bad habits and you look at what those feel-good payoffs, that's where you have to start doing the pros and cons on what are the positive payoffs, the 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 
uh, like real good result. Like what is the, the truly good result? How does that, uh, getting that, that true payoff, um, better for you than what your feel good payoff is. And that's really something that I, that, that struck a chord with me was looking at, okay, this is what my life is right now. What do I stand to lose by sticking with these bad habits mm. versus the positives I get off of working my ass off to get these new good habits in my life? So I think you have to you have to uh, remember that a good habit, a truly good habit, brings you a real good result instead of a feel good payoff. So hopefully I. Uh, Y'all elaborated it. that <laughs> well yeah, enough for y'all to understand. <laughs> so, um, like the good habits, um, you know, if you're if you're eating healthier, as mm. opposed to the unhealthy eating, you get weight loss. Uh, discover your self worth, like a more positive self image of yourself. You know, really start, you know, feeling beautiful about yourself or whatever. There's a lot of different things you can talk about, but um improved health mm -hmm. you know it and those things if you really start adding them up they start outweighing that that momentary pleasure of the juicy burger or the cigarette or whatever it is and you have to you have to find you know if that's truly important to you if if your goal your dream to be this healthier person this 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 better version of you like what are you willing to put into it mm -hmm. to make that difference really want it, yeah so most uh another thing is uh real good results they take time to come by so it goes right back to our damn elephant we keep talking about <laughs> it takes time for these things to happen you got to do it one bite at a time so that's where uh you have to allow yourself some grace sometimes to make some mistakes, to stumble, but stay after it. Stay after stay it. Stay consistent. And remember that, that if, you're, if you're doing it right, you're using the smart method. So you're, you ha you're time bound. So set a, a realistic time as well. Not just a realistic goal, but what is a realistic time for you and, and stick with it and, and know that it, that change doesn't come overnight. That's the big thing. And, and one thing too is like setting those re those uh, realistic time bound methods, um, and you you actually hit those commitments. You're gonna feel really good about yourself. You know, setting unrealistic time, measurable time. Like if I'm gonna work out three times a week at an hour at a time. All right, are you ready for that? Or are you coming off of a knee injury? Can you really hit an hour? Three times a week. Absolutely. Well, maybe maybe 10 minutes. But I know I can go for a half hour. Okay, yeah. but at least you hit your 10 minutes. Hit, yeah. You did it. And then you start. Do only what it takes. Exactly. We, that's where that ties directly exactly. in. Glad you said that. <laughs> so I, I pay attention sometimes. But it's amazing for me um, how true that rings, though, because... Uh, I just did a refresh with my pathways training. So you went back and and re and you can and after you graduate, you can we encourage graduates to go back about a year after they start 
to refresh the last portion of the training, which we call P3, which is you graduate after you're done with that. Um, so that's what he means by refreshing it. So a lot of this is is uh, kind of ha- I have some passion around this because a lot of this ties into that particular training. Okay. Um, you know. Yeah, making- you just refreshed last month, right? Yes. So like making changes in your life, following through with those changes. So one challenge I set up for myself was um, I was going to do five minutes of journaling each evening. So, you know, you think, oh, that's not a big commitment. And I'm like, well, I didn't want to say 10 minutes because, shit, if I don't do 10 minutes worth, I'm going to feel like I failed that night, you know. So I baby steps. Mm -hmm. I said I'm going to put five minutes of a 24-hour day to doing this one assignment for myself. And um, basically what I'm doing is uh, we've gone over my story. You know that obviously I've had a lot of trust things I've gone through with my divorce, with my, my, um, you know, the, the toxic relationships I went through. And for me... Even to this day, with me being in such a better head place and in and, and, and such a better state of mind, I still get tied down with that stuff from time to time. I still deal with, with trust issues. I still deal with the guilt mm-hmm. um, from the past. It's just I, I have tools in place to, to deal with those moments. Um, so one of the things... Uh, I decided to, one of the reasons I decided to, to give myself this challenge to journal five minutes a day for a 30 day period. Again, it's time bound. Mm-hmm. I, I said for 30 days, for one month, I'm going to, I'm going to be determined to, to see this plan out. So for five minutes a night for 30 days, I'm going to sit down and journal about what, my fiance teaches me that day through her love. I love that. So after 30 days, I can go back and see day by day what little nugget I got out of that day to um to see what she did what she did for me, what she did to me, what she taught me, um how she helped me that day. Every day's been different. And I'm about a week and a half into it now, and uh, or two weeks into it, whatever it is. And every day is on like a total different <laughs> end of the spectrum. You know, something funny that happened that day, or something like spiritually we connected, or whatever it is. Like I'm all over the place with this, but I go back and reread a couple of days later what I wrote, and I'm like, damn, that was deep. <laughs> because if you just allow yourself five minutes to really get in your heart, just go into your heart and talk about what what that woman that I love taught me that day. And after 30 days, I'm sitting there looking, you know, I'm going to look back and I'm going to, that's going to be my, this is what I miss out on if I don't make these changes in my life. That's my pros and cons right there. Or you could flip it and be like, this is what I get for making the changes in my life. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Right. So it's all how you see it. But either way, it's still a really cool idea. Uh-huh. 
It's a very cool idea. So by doing this, I'm not really making a daily change. I'm just making a daily commitment to stick to this plan. And it's something really small, but it has a very large impact on me. Um, so that, that's an example of, of how I decided to, to take a challenge and make a small, very small change in my life. So what does your fiance get now that she would not have gotten had you not worked on you? Man, it's, it's funny because um, this one's a, a kind of interesting thing for me to answer. She got me hot off the press from my Pathways training. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you, David was on fucking fire. Yeah, you were. At that time, and, and I still am, but man, I was just, it's like you discover this new person inside of you that you never knew existed. You you are that fucking man, like I said before. You are like, you're on fire. Uh, or I, You know, that was my personal experience. I really was. And, and that's what attracted me to her, or attracted her to me. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I saw you on fire. I saw your graduation. You damn near came out of your converse. <laughs> so, I mean, for sure like for her um she see, she saw this person that was blossoming. She saw this person that was in the middle of like a huge growth spurt. So, for her to see me today still battling to get better even though now my my better comes in much smaller quantities, you know, I'm I'm on a a, a slow growth plan now, <laughs> where I was growing from the from the the floor when she first saw, saw me, so it was just this like rocket ship up. Um, she sees a person that still fights his ass ass off for himself, and I think um, and this is like based off our uh, conversations, me, me and my fiance's conversations. She's, she sees someone that inspires and that's what she gets. If, if I continue to make these changes to better myself, I continue to inspire her to do the same. And, um, and that's a two way street Mm -hmm. because you just bounce right off of each other. When you're healthy, when you're healthy. Yeah. And continue to to move upwards. So for me, um, not only does she get a, a man that's gonna that's not afraid to grow himself and push his limits, but she gets someone that's gonna always be there to push her. Also, that's huge for me. That's so cool, man. <laughs> I want to get married. <laughs> Actually, I don't not right now, anyways. Do you have any last words you want to share or where are you at with all this? Um, yeah, real quick. I'll talk about um, another. Uh, it's a book I read. Okay. Um, it's by the author's name is Sean Whalen, and the book is called How to Make Shit Happen. <laughs> I thought awesome. it was a really cool book. Um, it kind of mirrors a lot of what we go over in Pathways mm-hmm. and kind of where my trajectory was after Pathways, how to stay on that trajectory. Um, he breaks down your daily life, like the daily ways to look at your life as, um, broken into four sections. You have power, which is your body. 
um, passion, which is your relationships, um, purpose, which is your mind, and production, which is your business. So kind of like I was talking about earlier, you look at life, personal, professional, spiritual. Mm -hmm. He's basically broken it down to body, mind, and and, uh, like body, mind, uh, your relationships, and your business. So if you want to think about it like that, um, just some notes I talked about. He basically explains uh, this, and he calls this core four. It's the core four. Uh, and uh, he explains it as the daily structure uh, he uses to get things done and eliminate chaos and have a clear path to his goals. So it ties into setting goals. So basically what it is in a nutshell is every day you establish plans to address one specific thing, at least one specific thing in each one of these four categories. Every day. Every day. So I did like a a little example. And I found this really helpful. And it's really hard to do every day one thing. But fuck, it makes a big difference if you can <laughs> if you can just have the the uh, dedication to 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 try this for a week. See how different you feel, like how accomplished you feel. It's a really cool feeling. Um, uh, so for power for your body, um, you and again you want to use like the smart method. Mm-hmm. You want to be very specific. You want to you you know set time boundaries. You want to be detailed with these. So for power, let's say I would work out at the gym from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sorry, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Wow. Training chest and back. So I'm very specific about I'm going to be at the gym from for an hour for an hour at this exact time. And I'm going to be training these exact muscle groups. Mm-hmm. So you you want to stick to exactly what you want to do. Um, purpose. I'm going to listen to a radio broadcast um, called Pathways to Victory on uh, 90.9 from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. And that has nothing to do with, I would say, this is a different type of Pathways. This is Pathways to Victory. Yes, yes, yes. yes. All right, because I'm like, <laughs> when did we get that? <laughs> so, All right, cool. So for me, that's that's my, my, uh, my mind. Okay. I like it. For me, that's, uh, for me, my mind, I'm, I'm spiritually, I'm growing my mind. So this is my example day, not a reflection on anything else, but I'm going to work out at the gym that morning. I'm going to listen to my radio broadcast to grow spiritually in my mind. Uh, For passion, I'm going to set a reoccurring alarm on my phone as a reminder to buy flowers for my fiance once a month, just because. So squishy, man. So that day, like, <coughs> that's not even going to pay off for another month, you know, necessarily. But I made the action. That's I so did cool. the thing. And I took a step to make that happen. So it's, you're, you're being, it's all about action. Every day, you're taking these actions. And then the last, the last of the four is production. So that's your like your business. Yeah. So I will spend two hours today clearing my emails and following up with all my client quotes that still had to be addressed from the previous week. Or you might even want more more uh, finite like I need to take care of this account 
or or that company or whatever you know you want to set that keep that specific also but that's an example of a core four day and that's simple you know it's just so for me and, and if you know me some people do some people don't um organizing stresses me the <laughs> hell out me too i hate planning i feel like if you want me to plan fun i'm going to turn to the biggest baby and throw a temper tantrum because why do you need to plan fun like i just want to have fun yeah. don't, don't tell me the time and day on a spreadsheet how i need to have fun like that drives me bananas but with that i it's a stretch for me to do like reading that list that you're reading uh-huh. was stressing me the fuck out <laughs> and, and it's so simple yeah but to think about what I want to do, I'm like, oh shit! So, like it's it, it just like it. Like, I can't even talk. It stresses me. I won't out. even <laughs> lie to you. I tried the core four, um, and I tried it like two weeks straight, mm-hmm. and I got like two days, three days, and I I could not complete a week. And, and finally, I completed a week, and it's like huge victory. <laughs> like you feel like you just. <laughs> Like, you just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you knew, like, okay, I'm falling short. What am I doing wrong? I'm falling mm-hmm. short, you know, and you're, and you're addressing these the things attitude eternally. too. And, yeah, once you – that that's your payoff. Your, your – what did we call it earlier? The feel-good payoff? No, your real good. Your real good payoff. Your real good result. There you go. That's your real good result is when you, you finally accomplish that. And, damn, you just set the world on fire because, you know, you, and – and that's where you get those real good results and it keeps you going. So it's not for everybody and and I I'm not even going to beat around the bush. Change is fucking hard. Really? Yeah. I love change. Change can be hard and I've always welcomed it and I'll I'll continue to grow, I'll continue to push myself and and get outside the box mm-hmm. like coming on here today. But change can be hard and you have to stick with it and and the reason I wanted to discuss the things we did today is because you have to keep in mind that, you know, if, if you're, if you're going to do something hard, set yourself up to, for success. Mm-hmm. Don't set yourself up to just fall to pieces. Like these are some really, really um, obtainable, you know, really good ways to to obtain those dreams that you're chasing after and i just think that uh um there's nothing like accomplishing a dream like i i when i went through my training and and discovered who i could truly be and i started to become that man I, I can't even explain to you how passionate I am about that. How when I meet someone and I get on that that topic, you I just light I light up. I light up and I just get like probably overwhelming <laughs> to be honest. But like having a bit of positivity positivity in your life when you've lived in the darkness for so long and you've just deprived yourself of that. Like, change is worth it. Change is so worth it. Um, It's just an incredible feeling to accomplish, like, a life change. 
And you say change a lot. How have you, or do you, do you feel like this has changed your legacy? Without a doubt. I feel like, um, I feel like before my legacy would have been pretty non-existent because I was just living my life in the shadows. And the biggest change for me is discovering my self-worth, discovering um, that I, I am somebody special, that I can, uh, I can really step out and be David, be the David that I didn't even know I could be, you know? So now I live my life not to be in the shadows. I live my life to be out there and connect and be part of something bigger and, and push myself and push others and connect with people and touch people's lives that will, will allow me a chance to even have a legacy. Like I'll never settle for the sidelines again. I'll never settle for the shadows again. I will never settle for status quo. I'm always going to push myself. I'm always going to be, you know, at the forefront of, of the people that surround me. I want to be a big part of people's lives now. I want to be noticed. That's big for me. Like, I, we talked earlier just in conversation. I was the guy in school that knew everybody. Everyone know, knows who I am but no one knew me. I didn't have friends. I had acquaintances. Everything was surface level. And I truly live to be, like to blow that out of the water. You know, like I live to be, I want you to know me. I want you to see me. I want you to, to, to get something from me. And, and that's been the biggest difference for me, um, is my relationships with others. Even those that I've always known or have always been a part of my life, just right. growing those relationships has been big for me. That's awesome. Well, I think we've uh, we've definitely stretched this one out, and I, you know, I'm I'm not complaining. I'm just gonna say I'm pretty blessed to have a soul in this room that's willing to do that. And thank you, David, so much for being here today. No problem. Um, and real quick, what's your contract? My contract is, I love myself, a peaceful man, empowered through the grace of God. Yes, you are. And if you don't know what a contract is, it's something that we uh, we get in our training. When we've gone through the depths of hell and we're standing on that mountaintop, we get to claim <laughs> the man or woman that we are. And Absolutely. And it's it's so beautiful to, to witness and to be a part of that. So um, thank you again, David, for being here today. No problem, pal. Th- thank you guys for listening. And if you guys want to know more about it, I'm, I'm going to put another plug in for them. It's pathwayscoretraining.org. Um, you can find them online, of course, social media outlets. Uh, or hell, just message me if you want to know more about it. And I'll be more than happy to tell you about it. So thank you guys again. And uh, you can also find me, because i got to put a plug in for me, at 2200taps. That's 2200taps.com. You will find everything there, all the links to my social media. And if you are up for fighting these fights and joining this army of people that are wanting to help save lives and make the change, give us a shout. And uh, we'll talk to you later. So until next time, peace out. Peace out.